1: Robin McCarron. And then two weeks after that, we got Money in the Bank. And then two weeks after that, we got Starcade. And then two weeks after that, we got Halloween Havoc. Jeff Hawkins. I'm Dana Brooke. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Robin McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Destination America has canceled TNA. Hello everybody and welcome to Shake Them Ropes episode 86. It is our post WWE Elimination Chamber special live show that you can listen to now at voicesofwrestling.com slash STR. If you're listening on the podcast version, we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, and a variety of different places. Hit us up on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. And if you're listening live and want to interact with the show, you can go to at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. And tweet at us, because there is quite a bit to talk about. I'm Rob McCarran. We're joined, as always, by Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how are you tonight? I'm okay. Let's talk. You're just okay? Yeah. You're okay. Okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. We have big news coming out of this show. Really? Not the least of which (laughs) is the fact, and we will talk about this show in full here. Yes. We had the news that Rusev after suffering a foot injury from a SmackDown match, was indeed out of this show, meaning someone else had to take his place. We had a non-finish in the main event, which sets up money in the bank. And we have a new WWE linear champion. And that new WWE linear champion, Jeff Hawkins, is Kevin Owens.
2: Well, that match certainly
1: stole the show, didn't it? It stole the show. Mm -hmm. On the show where even going into it, you could have probably imagined like there was a lot of hype around Kevin Owens and John Cena. Yeah. But with two chamber matches and Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, it's not like people went in thinking that that was going to be the best match on the show. And by a large margin, it was.
2: There's there's one thing you could not call this show, and it's predictable.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) The show was nowhere near predictable. And especially after the main event, you know, seemingly ended. You know what what was happening here was the reaction from a lot of people. A lot of people thinking Dean Ambrose had won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship didn't quite uh didn't quite happen that way. But before we get to the rest of the show, we'll go in order all the happenings of what for the United States fans really was a 4-hour pay-per-view since this was exclusively on WWE Network, the pre-show kind of part of the show, you know. And the pre-show was a bit newsworthy as well a bit news writer <laughs> we we had some news coming out we we had a few things happening on this thing uh the pre-show panel did you watch the entire pre-show jeff
2: i got into it about 15 minutes
1: in. this pre-show panel it's been happening we've talked about it on several of these shake them ropes episodes especially during wrestlemania week and and some other shows before it but Booker T and Byron Saxton had nuclear level heat on this pre-show. Like they were taking every shot they could at each other. Like Byron's just the innocent guy who doesn't really know he's getting beaten up verbally by Booker T. But Booker T, whenever he could, was taking a shot at Byron Saxton. Um, Byron Saxton has been the guy that no one likes. Like that's his gimmick. But Booker T took it to a whole new level. Was I seeing too much into that or did you notice that also?
2: I really didn't notice it all that much, but uh, I'll take your word for it.
1: All right, yeah, I, I I was noticing some like I just feel like Vince McMahon tells these guys to go out there and you know whenever you can take a shot at Byron, do it.
2: I think they want Byron to fight back. Is that so?
1: Maybe and he wrong doesn't to think he doesn't fight that, back at all.
2: Is that a wrong? possible conclusion that they may want you know that maybe vince is like all right byron show something out there yeah and so they go every and they go every time he says something vanilla just go after him yeah and see if he responds
1: yeah uh-huh. he's not showing much of anything at all and it's sad because booker t's just beating him up beating him up uh stardust and zach Ryder was our first match i know everyone was very excited when this was announced Stardust Zack Ryder a match that could open up any episode of superstars this year and probably has I wouldn't doubt that it has actually opened up a superstars at some point um, they're really going full force it seems like they're really thinking they can get Stephen Amell at SummerSlam
2: oh they can I'm I'm pretty sure they can unless he has something in his contract that says he shouldn't be doing anything physical
1: is Stephen Amell a Mellywood on Twitter is the star of arrow am I wrong He's a star of Arrow. They've been building up ever since this. He was on Raw on Monday. Is that right? Yes. trying to remember which show because we've had four pay-per-views in the last three days, it seems like. (laughs) All WWE. (laughs) But we have Stephen Amell now is on Twitter. His his Twitter image right now is him staring off with Stardust. Stardust on both his personal account and the Stardust account on Twitter is making mention of Stephen Amell. There's a report that comes out, and I don't know how credible this website is, but like HollywoodLife.com, I believe it was. Announced that they're trying to get him for SummerSlam and they're going to put this match together. Certainly seems like after you know, Stardust renamed his finisher, the Queen's Crossbow, to make mm-hmm. mention of this Arrow show. And then the debate popped up today. What level of star is Stephen Amel in the broad term? You're more familiar with him than I am. In the broad term...
2: I would say he is probably about a solid B in terms of television. Okay. In terms of overall Q level, in terms of being a celebrity, uh, probably at your high C. See, I
1: would I think. I think if you went to, it depends on who you ask, really. If you went on the street of Indianapolis, Indiana, as one no. example,
2: I would. I, they, they, I don't think they'd know. If you showed them a picture, they'd go, oh, it's the Arrow guy, but I don't think they'd know his name.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they would know the name if you showed a picture of him in Indianapolis. Now, if you went in Los Angeles and just went on a random, like a tourist stop where you get a mix of people from all over the place and maybe some people from L.A.
2: You'd still know him as the Arrow guy, but they may not know his name.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's the question. Like, you would know him as the Arrow guy. But then any... So if you're WWE...
2: Or maybe I think he was on, was it, looking? he was on some premium cable show. Yeah, but at he some was always, too. he was
1: never a regular, right? Like this is his first regular role. I'm seeing like credits and everything is two or three episodes where he's just a story arc, a quick cameo kind of thing.
2: No, like, he was I'm a I'm, new
1: girl. And I had no idea.
2: I'm, I'm just thinking if you showed it in LA, they'd probably know him from premium
1: cable more than Arrow. Right. But until he has a big movie. And it doesn't seem like he has a big movie. Oh, he's not a movie star; he's a television star. Until he gets that movie, though, he's not. I don't think he's on the B list. And yeah, I live in Indiana, so maybe I'm not the person to, you know, ask about this. But the the thing is, is still, we were surprised last week when we looked up what Arrow does ratings wise. huh. gets three well, million people an episode. Parsons rec got three million, and Chris Pratt became a huge star.
2: It'll pop wrestling fans because wrestling and comic book fans right. have a have a nice crossover, as that's we talked true. about last week. So I think, you know what, it's a nice get for them. I don't know if they realize how good of a get it is for them.
1: So you're thinking it's a great get. I'm a little, uh, a you little know what? hesitant.
2: I'll put it this way. Any celebrity who wants to do stuff for WWE, knowing how sometimes they don't really do well with celebrities, mm-hmm. more power to them, man.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I look forward to it. Hey, it's something for it's something for Cody Rhodes Stardust to do.
2: Yeah, so yeah, and and he's basically playing a mid mid tier B villain from a comic book anyway. So sure,
1: why Co- not? Stardust got the win over Zack Ryder in the pre show match. Get
2: get that parkour fella who plays uh, Arsenal the tag team with him.
1: Now I just don't know what you're talking about. Okay, you lost me there. Okay. Like I, Stephen Amell is famous to me because Jason Ayers tweeted out a picture of him on Twitter, and that's where I first actually heard of him.
2: Oh well, no, I, I'm just saying the guy who played Arsenal okay. on, on the show is one of these guys that they discovered. He's a model, but it was also like a park parkour athlete, much like uh, John Morrison was, Johnny Mundo sure. back in the day. Yeah, sure. so you know he could he could do some stunts too. But eh, let, let's just continue. We, we've talked long enough about Stardust and Zach Ryder.
1: Now, this happened on the actual pay-per-view, but I want to talk about it now before we get into the pay-per-view on Ernest. Uh, We had a backstage segment with Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns is prepping. He he comes up asking Dean Ambrose, hey, have you gotten the beers? Have you gotten the party together? And Dean Ambrose, of course, is concentrating on his match. So he's like, no, I haven't done any of that. Well, Roman Reigns had his back. He's getting the beer ready. Mm -hmm. He's getting the party room together. Mm -hmm. He is anticipating that his buddy would win the world title. A lot of people on Twitter took that to think that Roman Reigns was turning tonight.
2: It's not a bad call, but the fact is you bring bringing back Brock. He's not coming back as a
1: face necessarily. Right. Not even not even knowing all that, but they've done this before. They actually had backstage segments before and especially going into their four way where these two guys are friends. That's the that's the gimmick here. So I yeah. actually didn't think anything of it. If it were anyone else, maybe. But Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose doing this. Didn't tell me anything. I just thought, okay, you know, this is continuing. It's a way to get Roman on the show.
2: Well, up until. Sorry about the plane. Uh, up until they announced the members of the money in the bank match. I thought for sure, because I said this on Tuesday in my, in, in my prediction on Voices of Wrestling. I thought Roman Reigns was going to come out and cost Dean the match, but not at a heel turn just for tension going into the money in the ba- bank match. But this is such a weird 180 for the Roman Reigns character who who was the, you know, the, the tough, gruff, self, you know, I don't need friends, I'm the guy type of thing. And now he's happy hype man for Dean Ambrose. It's so odd. Just in the past three months, have they recharacterized the guy?
1: I'm wondering if Roman Reigns thinks, you know, if, if Dean Ambrose is the champion, at least if Roman Reigns were to face him, it would be fair. Dean Ambrose doesn't have three guys in his entourage. So yeah, Dean Ambrose win that championship.
2: I think they're just trying to cool him off until they're going to push him again.
1: It's actually That's the way so. to go because.
2: It is. It is. It's smart, but it was just it was just weird that now he's smiling, happy Roman.
1: And you're like, mm, okay. Having, having Roman around the title picture, but not necessarily in it, allows the crowd who were just so anti-Roman because he was getting pushed right in your face to kind of cool off because he's not getting pushed right in our face. It's in fact, it's far sh- from it.
2: And it's and it's kind of taken
1: advantage of the shield goodwill that is still out there yes. in a way. The Elimination Chamber for the Tag Team Championships, the first time it's ever happened, opened up Elimination Chamber. No one got Kofi'd, in a sense. The whole theme yeah. of this show with the Chamber matches was who was going to get Kofi'd. What surprise team would Luke Harper and Rowan come out and take a spot in this match? They did not. Or but Chris I'll- Christian, right? Christian also got
2: knocked out of a Chamber match one year.
1: Uh, ooh, did he? Yeah, probably. Okay. By Edge, who did Edge take out? He took out Kofi. I don't think he I don't know Kofi. what happened with Christian. I can't. I thought, I
2: thought I thought Kane took out Christian. Or maybe, something, maybe he did.
1: There. If Kane took out Christian on the Money in the Bank, and you're listening live at Voices of Wrestling dot com, tweet at us and tell us at Shake Them Ropes so one of us can feel better. Mm. Hint: Jeff Hawkins. Uh, uh, I def- okay. The New Day won the match. Yeah, the three guys going up against the team of twos, except for Los Matadores, who had Torito in their corner, mm-hmm. and by in their corner I meant on their pod. On their pod. <laughs> this was a match. This was really weird because this was a glorious train wreck. I thought it was a train wreck. It really it, was, and there but, were many but, reasons for that.
2: Yes, the the theme of the night was inexplicable story. And yes. <laughs> It's like, okay, one mid-card team is going to get kind of a push in here. Who do you think it's going to be? I'd never guess it was the Ascension getting a couple of pins. Um, you had you had Callisto just climbing all over the place waiting for guys to go
1: you, in. You had Callisto climbing over, because that's one of the reasons that was making this a huge train wreck, okay? Because Callisto was little guys flying all over the place, or expect, you expect him to fly all over the place. He seemingly was on that New Day pod for about five minutes doing nothing.
2: You know what? I liked the move though of yanking his leg down
1: to hold yeah, him.
2: They I like that, that twice. Yeah, it, this was this was an Ultimate X
1: match. It was a it was a train wreck spot fest that didn't yeah. really have that many spots in it.
2: And then the new and then wow the crowd just absolutely turned when they pinned Cesaro and Kid. Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, I thought you know what? You know, I mean. I could see what they were kind of doing. You know, you you kind of the, the, the Ascension reclamation project begins here and they look pretty good. And then, you know, I didn't mind seeing the primetime players get get some shine in there. I liked that kind of. I mean, I, I
1: thought they did pretty well. But you, Usually in a match like this, you would always have at least, you know, they get moments. Every person in the match or every team in the match yeah. gets moments. Even our truth gets moments.
2: Yeah, but the order those moments came in was just... Baffling at times, and you're like, okay, you're building up for this new day, kid Cesaro standoff, and then all of a sudden one of those teams is out of there, and you're like, huh, all right, interesting.
1: Frank Puddle on Twitter says Torito was the best part of the chamber matches, so he was the best part of both of them. I, you, I just, you know
2: what the best part of that match was? Was that dude from the Ascension throwing Torito into one of those manitos? Yeah, I just, went, I just went, oh, the Ascension is my new favorite team after Dardive. that.
1: Oh, love, no! Love. Natalia, Natalia couldn't get in the cage. She was probably I, depressed about should, that. They
2: should, they should put Natalia, Xavier Woods, Torito, and something else on top of each of the pods just to have
1: mascots. Well, the time. WrestleMania pre-show, that tag title WrestleMania pre-show, where the match was built up with okay, you have the teams plus their thirds. Yeah, and every team had a third. Why not try to find a third for every single one of these groups? Primetime players. Okay, I'll finally take the Jeff Hawkins suggestion. Hornswoggle? Bring back AW.
2: Bring back AW, yes!
1: The Ascension, you know, sign Bram for a night. God knows he's been signed plenty this last couple of months. (laughs) Four times by TNA. Just let him be signed by WWE for a night. He had Los Matadores. He had the New Day with their third. Who could be the third for the Lucha Dragons? Bring Mysticies back?
2: Um, Sure.
1: I don't know who... (laughs) I don't know who else it would be. But you can find a way to bring any of these guys a third person. Heath Slater. Heath Slater, why not? In fact, have Heath Slater be the third for all the teams. Like he's just <laughs> a front runner. Like he helps out whoever he thinks is going to win. Sure. So he's never out and he becomes sure. the tag team champion. I like that. Yeah.
2: Point. I I know a lot of people hated this match, but you know, I I
1: It was yeah. red, it was kind of boring and then the fact that at one point in the match you had Cesaro a, breaking up a on. pin. Hold on, you found it boring? Oh, it was boring.
2: How, how, I could see you finding it poorly executed, but I couldn't find it boring. Well, the, poor, it was
1: just... the poor execution made it boring to me. You had Sin Cara, the camera was on him for plenty of time while he's doing nothing. Yeah. Like, he's on top of the cage waiting and nothing happens, and then he lands on the mat because no one catches him. You had Cesaro breaking up pins, and that was a theme in both chamber matches, which always stuns me. Like, if I was an agent for a chamber match, the first thing I would tell you guys to do is... Okay, don't make pinfalls unless the guy's going to kick out. Do not break up pins. It makes zero sense. Cesaro did it. Cesaro broke up a pin when his tag team partner was not the one being pinned. The goal should be to let those guys get pinned.
2: No, and they did that in the second one, too. They did and it
1: in the second one, too, and we'll talk and about the, that. But and I, the ba- that gets and the ba- me ba- out of this match. It was boring to me.
2: Okay, well, the fact that the second one was so much worse to me—the second
1: one was worse, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the second one was worse. I
2: like I liked this better than you did, but I didn't. I mean, it wasn't great or anything, but it was just a spectacle where I'm just watching in awe, just going, "Wow, what a magnificent car wreck of a match!"
1: After two years of having some horrible timing and horrible luck.
2: Oh, hold on for a second. Oh, yeah, Cesaro can't connect with the crowd.
1: Okay, yeah, up yours, Jeff. I had a production meeting time. When I move on, you got to move on with me. Okay, sorry. We're done talking about it when I move on.
2: You're really cranky.
1: Go ahead. (laughs) I'm so cranky. I'm so cranky. The people on the YouTube version are watching me laugh before I even said it. Because I was like, yeah, I'm going to get him. Uh With seemingly two years of horrible timing and horrible luck, it seemed like all the stars were finally aligned for Naomi. She was going to get her big run. And what happened here, Jeff Hawkins? They killed the division. They killed it. They killed the division.
2: Is that what? You, hold on! Is that what you were setting me up for? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: They killed the uh, division.
2: You saw that tweet for me. Okay. Well, maybe excellent. that's not.
1: Maybe that's not the wrong way to go either. Maybe this division needs a whole refresher. But Nikki Bella, who I find. Oh, hold you know, on,
2: hold on, because because we had mentioned this when AJ quit that it needed a refresher and you needed to bring everybody up, but now they're not going to because these ladies uh, in the down in NXT have been advertised through October for God's sake. So so what do you do now? Well, I what don't do think the,
1: you needed to bring everyone up. One one new name, whether it's Charlotte, whether it's Sasha Banks, probably not Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, I don't think, could be a game changer for the WWE Divas division. At Bailey, Bailey kind of could be.
2: Bailey might be, yeah. I mean, I guess if you wanted to position her against all the other kind of bitchy women, push but... her, push her against Nikki Bella,
1: and this is actually the Nikki Bella AJ feud done better. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. So she could be more of a game changer than Becky. I love Becky, but she's not the game changer role. Right. Uh, that some of these other women could be. I don't think and you have yet- to bring them all up. I think you can run house shows with Dana Brooke against Charlotte. You can run NXT shows with uh, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch continued on through the through the way with another girl get, getting caught up. But what does Nikki Bella do for now? Like, does she feud with Paige? Does she do a one-on-one feud with Naomi?
2: This was just inexplicable, because you could put the belt on either of the other two women in this match, and you'd have fresh programs coming in and and you know with with the inclusion of Naomi now in the in the upper tier and you're just like <laughs> why, why does Nikki Bella need this belt for more is, she, is, is it is it now I need to break AJ's consecutive days streak
1: I mean that could be it maybe they're just really vengeful against AJ and they want her that, that her would longest not just rain streak to be over that would not shock me at all I mean, I always thought it was too petty of them, but we've seen them been, have, you know, they've been petty before. And she's the closest one to it, obviously. So I guess that could be it. But this match again, too, was, I don't know. They're all good. I think any of these three against one of the other three could have had a great singles match, like for main roster women's standards.
2: Uh, I don't know if Naomi could have,
1: I mean, I think Naomi, she was, I think she, she was, could.
2: She was athletic, but she was not on point. I'm not going to say she was bad, but she wasn't on point with a lot of the things she was doing tonight.
1: I just don't know where you go from here. No, you got, doing... t- you got Tamina in no man's land. I mean, um, like, what is she doing?
2: Now, now, you asked me before about something. I'm going to ask you. Did you think Brie was going to turn on Nikki when she came in? No, I didn't. I did. Maybe I I'm the thought, most naive thought, guy ever. I thought... I thought, here we go. We're going to get another stupid Bella's breakup. Yeah. They... What, do, what do you do now? Do you... <laughs> Oh, heck, bring up Devin. Why not?
1: <laughs> hey, Devin wrestled on the NXT house shows this weekend.
2: Eaton, Eaton knows how to work. Come on.
1: So uh, Craig Hadley on Twitter... Responding to our conversation here says, we might be on to something with Nikki Bella. She tweeted about the road to 200 days following her win. Ding, a ding, ding, ding. So we've actually brought this up before with Nikki Bella wins. And, but she was so far away that we never really thought too much of it. But, you know, this could be, if it's six months, like I could easily see Nikki Bella remaining the rest of this year's champion.
2: Now I don't want anybody brought up.
1: You get the NXT women doing their thing. You just give Nikki Bella a bunch of wins against Paige. Maybe a win against Tamita on a pay-per-view. A couple of tags with her sister. Yeah. And she doesn't have to lose the title anytime this year. And then we get to what many people thought was the real main event of the show. Kevin Owens, John Cena, the NXT champion going up against the US champion. This match for the WWE linear championship that John Cena has had since March 29th when he beat (laughs) Rusev. I think the result surprised a lot of people. We had Dylan Waco that we mentioned on the show last week thinking that a non-finish was the best bet here. And part of me thinks he said that because he never thought Kevin Owens was possibly going to win. I think a lot of people didn't think Kevin Owens was going to come in here on the first night and get a clean win.
2: Well, at the time we were making these predictions, Kevin Owens had not officially been brought up to the main roster either. So in our defense, we thought a non-finish would work well here to set up something for later. Once Kevin Owens got brought up, it shouldn't shock anybody because they're going to make him strong now and, and get him because Rusev's out. It makes a legitimate contender for that U S title. And now we get, although we're getting the match again in two
1: weeks. So we're getting the match again in two weeks, which I know a lot of people groaned about. So Kevin Owens, won clean here, Kevin Owens, including, I mean, this match had a lot of things. This was almost like a blow off, like a match you would see at WrestleMania. This was better than Rusev and John Cena at WrestleMania. This is better than a lot of matches you'll see this year. Like, they went out there, and Kevin Owens against John Cena put on a legitimate match-of-the-year contender for WWE matches.
2: I'm going to answer a quick question here from uh, Andy Green at King of the Marks. Do you think Kevin Owens will ever be allowed to do the package pile pile driver? No.
1: No. Nor should he. He's built up a new finisher.
2: He did the the closest thing. You're going to get that package powerbomb that he did
1: in the match. He's built up a new finisher. Pile drivers are still taken out. I mean, they kicked off the curb stomp, by the way.
2: Yeah, they're persona non grata in in WWE, unless it's a big WWE WrestleMania match and it's your Undertaker's Triple H's or what have you.
1: Case Low on Twitter says, Does WWE have Cena get his win back next month? Next month, by the way, we're already at like a half an hour. It's June. This match takes place June 14th. There are two Raws between Elimination Chamber tonight. And Money in the Bank. People were wondering, because later in the show, they announced some of the Money in the Bank matches, including the Money in the Bank ladder match and the participants. And people were questioning, why did they do that tonight? Kind of anticlimactic. You're two weeks away from the show. Mm -hmm. Like, they should have been building up the show for two weeks before Elimination Chamber. So, you know, it's it's pushed ahead a little bit here. Uh, But he asked, why on earth do they have to book the rematch so soon? Well, the answer is easy. There's a show in two weeks. And it's hot. So, and it's a program. You got to get people to buy it in June. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't,
2: I, you know, I don't think they haven't get the win back necessarily by pinfall or submission because I don't think the big match is necessarily coming until Owens drops the NXT title.
1: I think this could be a SummerSlam program here. Yeah. It's not that far away. Yeah. Um, And you'll have money in the bank. Let's face it. In the main event tonight, they did a screw job finish. Okay. That finish is absolutely available to a Kevin Owens, John Cena match next month when you have a main event of a ladder match for the briefcase. And you'll probably have the go home match for uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Like Dean Ambrose has the title belt. Now you can do Mm -hmm. that main event and give the screw job finish since it's on the network. To John Cena, Kevin Owens. So Kevin Owens may walk out of there, not a loser, but he may not walk out as a winner of the rematch.
2: Would also not shock me if they just gave Owens the belt and let him surrender the NXT belt.
1: Would not shock me at all. Could be be. because I mean, this match, by the way, let's talk about this match first. Okay. Okay. Was supremely excellent. Like they're doing big spot after big spot.
2: It was, it was phenomenal. I, I enjoyed the heck out Kevin of it. Kevin Owens it was-
1: kicked out of an AA. He landed a, uh, what was that even? A top rope Mishinoku driver almost? the top Yes, rope. yes that's exactly what it was. One of the more dangerous bumps you'll see John Cena take. And John Cena kicks out. Like, this was incredible. And a match that a lot of people didn't expect. Even if you thought going in Kevin Owens might win, I don't think you thought Kevin Owens would win in this way by any means.
2: I don't think I'd ever see Kevin Owens doing the spring spring up moonsault that he did
1: right he did the best moonsault ever on the show
2: yeah he did yeah chris daniels somewhere smiling um, um you know i i mean owens did a lot of stuff in here that was fairly brutal for a wwe match if you think about it
1: it really was but nothing too brutal to the point where you thought like this isn't wwe wrestling at the right. same time it was right in between where it needed to be kevin owens is playing to the crowd most guys don't do that anymore and he needed it because yeah. this crowd was kind of weak all night, but it was also a crowd. You, you saw all the kids. There were kids in the front row, and you never see that on pay-per-views because mm-hmm. the pay-per-view audience is you're going to get the mid-20s and those who are really into WWE shows. You're going to get Brock Lesnar guy. You're going to get Undertaker shocked face guy. Yeah. Here tonight, you saw a lot of kids in the front row because these were all people who bought tickets when it was a house show. Right. A house show, by the way, that was not advertising John Cena. This was the Roman Reigns house show. And ironically enough, they didn't even get a Roman Reigns match. But
2: I, I think Owens, kids. Owens cut the perfect promo after this match as well. He did. He can't do any better than that. Okay. I th- I think, I think he, he gives off the right sense of dread and badassness, yep. um, without undercutting and without really chewing scenery necessarily. It's kind of a passive aggressive type thing, which is great. Um, you know, it was just such a, it was a really good match. I thought yeah, they did a few too many of the boo spots, but I understand why they were doing them.
1: And this was your big
2: match? Well, just because Cena looks so bad doing them. I mean, he misses his punch by about a mile. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? Other than that, you can't really complain about this match because it lived up to everything and perhaps surpassed it, I think.
1: I think the only complaint some people have is basically the crowd. The crowd may have taken some people out of it. The only that's the only fault I can see because it it built up this crowd that wasn't reacting all night. And made a memorable match. You're going to remember Kevin Owens first WWE match. John Cena on Elimination Chamber. A big deal. No one gets first matches like that.
2: Why are you blaming? I mean, why are people blaming the crowd for what was basically a. Fairly lackluster card other than the Owen Cena match.
1: I'm not blaming the crowd. This is the excuse I think some people are making. Some people are saying that the crowd took them out of it. And if the crowd took you out of it, okay. Because they weren't the hottest crowd of all time. They weren't into most of it. And the card going in, we talked about it on our preview show. The the card going in was actually looking good on paper. Yeah. They They didn't execute to what they could have done. But but you give me five more of these matches. Whew. We have five more of these, but unfortunately, it was Pose one of these. Down. It was Pose one of these down. and five others.
2: Oh, give me give 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 me stips. Give me give me chairs. Give me thumbtacks. <laughs> no, we're
1: not getting thumbtacks. Frank Puddle on Twitter says, "Can we finally stop with the LOL Cena wins meme?" He's put more folks over than any other ace in WWE history, and boy, that's what our entire show has been.
2: Well, you know what floored me? There was a line during the commentary in this match. Where John Cena or not John Cena, where where JBL goes, Kevin Owens and JB and, and John Cena are in the prime of their careers. Wasn't the entire build up of WrestleMania that John Cena was over the hill?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not even that. To Frank's point here is yes, John Cena's great.
2: Oh no, I'm not I'm not I'm not disagreeing with Frank's point at all. I think I think John Cena's given guys I mean, he he made Zack Ryder look like a star. And I liked, oh, speaking of which, the tie into that match where where he does miss the moonsault and goes right into the AA and kicks out of it, that that kind of the throwback to Zack Ryder missing a big aerial move and then getting caught in the AA. I thought that was very smart.
1: Yeah, it actually did call back. I didn't even realize that until Ooh. just now. So there you go. It was a callback to the Zack Ryder. And Kevin Owens, shocker, is better than Zack Ryder. But yeah, Frank's, so I, I mean, those who still do the LOL Cena wins and and in some ways i do that cuz i think on pay-per-views on big pay-per-views it's still impossible sometimes to pick against john cena cuz you just have that you know feeling that he's going to win somehow but when he does win i'm not that lol cena wins guy like he's the best guy in the company he's your top draw he should win more than he loses he should win a lot more than he loses but this was great right here cuz john cena does put guys over he tried to make rusev you know john cena was the guy that rusev got his most you know, well-known program against it just didn't execute. It just didn't work out too well, but John Cena's put over guys. All right. Sometimes I think of the same thing about triple H a lot. You know, people give triple H a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, back talk or whatever, a lot of trash hurled his way for never putting guys over. John Cena was made by triple H, you know, I and mean, really he was made by triple
2: H. I'm, I'm not going to put parallels in there. I mean,
1: I think, He's kind of made by himself, but like Triple yeah. H put him over the top.
2: Here's the problem with, with saying you know that Cena makes guys is the problem, and it's not anywhere near Cena's fault. Is that once Cena makes a guy, they never do anything with him necessarily.
1: That seems to have been the case a lot, yeah.
2: You know, it's like, well, you can make a guy, but if the company doesn't, then you know, go okay, we're gonna push him as a star. Then, then what
1: good good is it really? Do you have any doubt here that it looks like they're really on their intentions are to make Kevin Owens? A pretty big deal.
2: I think Kevin Owens is good enough on the mic where he can he can really you know anything that they do to kind of screw up his character that he'll make up for it. I, I have full faith that Kevin Owens is going to be. <laughs> the problem is going to be once they bring Brock back. Yeah. How they bring him back and whatnot because, well, I forget who I was listening to, but the problem with with Kevin Owens is that he's kind of a mini Brock. And that was the problem with putting Heyman with him kinda, at the time. Kind of.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, he's presented enough difference so far the where you can't really make that correlation if you're not he's, familiar with Kevin Owens.
2: He's smart enough to adapt. Yeah. So I don't have any worries about Kevin Owens at all.
1: Money in the Bank is going to be in Columbus. And like we mentioned, it's on June 14th. It's in two weeks. Uh, John Cena, Kevin Owens 2 already announced for that show. Mm-hmm. The Money in the Bank ladder match already announced. Right now we have Dolph Ziggler, Neville, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton and Sheamus. So, right now we have five of the guys. So, we uh, get at you, least six. No,
2: you forgot one.
1: Did I? Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston, that's right.
2: Which is which is gathering quite a bit of animus on the Twitterverse. Some.
1: Yeah, people are noticing like why would Kofi Kingston of all people be in this match?
2: Because it's a spot fest by trade. So, you put in the spot guys. Oh, you mean logically storyline-wise?
1: Logically <laughs> there's not really a reason to do it.
2: Wow, I mean, he has he has more right to be in there than Dolph Ziggler.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Dolph keeps losing IC championship uh, chances.
2: I mean, he's a. I mean,
1: I'll say he's a tag champ and make that legitimate, but I don't necessarily believe it. That's one of those <laughs> where you could have actually done a beat the clock or some type of series on Raw. You yeah, got three hours you can make seven contenders. But Kofi but, but- Kingston is basically the. Uh, What would he be? He would be the wild card. He would be the GM's pick. He would be that guy that just gets the spot for uh, because of the show he puts on.
2: Or no, you'd say because because of helping out Kane the week, in addition to having three people in the elimination chamber, you can pick one guy to have in the money in the bank match.
1: That is true on SmackDown. Was it SmackDown? It was on one of these shows. Yes,
2: it was SmackDown because I didn't watch it and I didn't realize that's what happened. That's
1: right. (laughs) New Day asked Kane earlier in the pre-show tonight. For their actions on SmackDown, they want a reward. So Kofi Kingston going in Money in the Bank, that's his reward. That's your logical explanation, is that Kane gets to decide who's in these matches, and that's the reason for Kofi Kingston being in. He probably actually has more of a reason to be in this match than a Dolph Ziggler. I mean, really? That's
2: his reward. I think they're trying to kill Dolph. What do you think?
1: I don't think they're trying to kill Dolph. Let's all calm down. (laughs) He's just never going to be the top guy. And just because he's not in the top title picture doesn't mean they're killing people. Well, no, I just mean they put him on all these matches with metal and steel and moving parts. and He's stuck with Lana. I mean, that didn't seem to do well for Rusev in the last three weeks. It hasn't done well for Ziggler in the past couple of weeks either. Neville beat Bo Dallas. This was... Uh, I mean, basically no one told these guys that it wasn't a house show anymore.
2: Yeah. I, uh... The the one thing they did here that they should have done on Raw to build it up is is to show those clips of the ladder match.
1: That was really good on on their part here, but it was two weeks too late. I am being told by our producer that we have already exceeded the time that we can talk about this match, so we will move on to the Elimination Chamber Intercontinental Championship match. That producer's a jerk. Go, continue. Your mystery entrant taking the place of Rusev was Mark Henry. Mark Henry returns. Like him better than the big
2: show. I was thinking maybe even swagger might get put in, but I'm fine with that. Uh, old Mark looking svelte. Oh,
1: yeah. Back in Texas, coming down to the ring with some swagger, like I'm back oh, that's, y'all.
2: That's right. Texas, hometown pop.
1: Yeah, yeah, get the hometown pop. This guy who returned as a heel and then had a match with Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns won him over, got his respect, which made Mark Henry a babyface in the yes. span of like two shows coming in to get the Intercontinental Championship. The story of this match, notwithstanding, guys like who was the one in this one that broke up the pin when he shouldn't have?
2: Oh, it was Mark Henry. He, he was, picked up he he, yep. he picked up uh, Barrett off of uh, Ziggler, I believe, or Mark, off of Our Truth, off of Our Truth.
1: Yeah, but you know, Mark Henry, he's rusty. He hasn't been in the ring a lot in the last year. Like he's used to breaking up pins, thinking you know, you <laughs> know, this guy's gonna get a win here. I gotta stop it. He wasn't quite up to uh, up to the rules of this match. But yeah, you had the breaking up of pins, but the real story in this match, aside from the fact that it was boring and worse than the first elimination chamber match in this night, was the Seamus cage door deal. And boy, did this go over a lot of people's heads, including the announcers in this match, because not once did they make mention of what was actually happening. No, they didn't. I noticed that too. You had Seamus, the last person to get in the ring. His door was stuck or so most people thought. The refs couldn't pull it open. We had everyone in the ring waiting for Seamus to enter. Like they were all stopped waiting for him to come in. And I can see how some people might've thought that this was a legitimate, like a botch or something that wasn't supposed to happen because time stood still with all these people. Like all the guys were just there standing around until they realized, Oh, we should be doing something. What had happened is Seamus intentionally stuck that door with the Celtic cross chain he has. Mm-hmm. Making sure it couldn't open until the right moment. That right moment came a few minutes later when all the men in the match were down, and all of a sudden Seamus pulls his cross out. The camera catches it, but the announcers don't say a word.
2: That was that was just unforgivable
1: on their part. It was uh, amaz- like no one clued them in, so they probably thought, okay, this is a legitimate thing. Like this door can't open. Seamus pulls out the Celtic cross and then enters in when he can pick the bones off of all the opponents.
2: I didn't think it was a botch because that ref that they had working at is just terrible in terms of acting. So I thought it was possibly just a gimmick that was stuck, but I thought, you know, overall, it's a very clever
1: move that they did. It was a little I too thought. clever for their own good. Well, yeah. It was and the too fact that they didn't clue anyone into it.
2: Right, and and it's hard to do that in a live crowd situation. To have someone do something so small and subtle like that, that that'll go over the rest of the crowd's
1: head, I you, think. You had the dick heel who was being a dick. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to conveniently get myself stuck in this cage until it's the right time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, but the announcers are like, oh, I think that cross may have been stuck in there. or And they didn't say that until like five minutes later. Like, was Vince away congratulating Kevin Owens at this point? Like, no one told the commentary team what to say. It was outstanding when this was the big spot in the match. The big spot in the match was Sheamus's entrance. That was it. And then after all that, he takes the loss to the Ryback of all people. The Ryback, finally. Yeah. A singles champion in WWE. The intercontinental champion. And with his victory, got the congratulations as well as the endorsement of Dan Bryan.
2: Yeah, the uh, the first two guys out of the Nexus congratulating each other
1: yeah that's true <laughs> that's true congratulations we made it finally yeah we made that, it.
2: that that was such an odd i don't think anybody had that really did they mm. i mean I, I, I nothing i read said yeah ryback's winning it here
1: i think most people just assume so much that seamus would be the one it's
2: because- like they, it's like they went okay well, we got an hour before showtime. Let's let's throw out all the all the positive positive or the uh the, the results
1: that people think we're gonna do. Well, and, Ryback's, uh, Ryback's last match was lost to Bray Wyatt on pay per view. Yeah, who was nowhere to be seen on this show. So I, you just things happen. You know, you lose two. It's like Dean Ambrose is in a world title match tonight. His last two title matches were the Intercontinental and the U.S. Championship, losing both. So let's give him a world title shot. Okay. I mean, nothing has to make sense No, And when nothing does make sense, you can't expect things that are like this small Seamus program to actually pop an audience or do anything because people aren't thinking about what can make sense anymore. I think we've switched places tonight for some reason. <laughs> I, I, again, I noted in the voices of wrestling review of this show that I thought it was a clever finish. It was just a little, a little too clever for yeah. this particular event. Just a little bit too clever. Cause, and it would have been fine if Jerry Lawler or someone said, you know what? Sheamus was doing this on purpose. He put his cross in there. Come on. Yeah. It's a big, the biggest spot of this match.
2: It, 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 the whole match, you know, revolved around that spot and nobody made mention of it. It's
1: the biggest pretty ridiculous. Spot it's pretty ridiculous. in the match. Uh, we have comments coming in on Twitter at shake them ropes. You can reach us uh, on the Twitter uh, elimination matches themselves were dull and had a terrible layout, a bad approach when they are your pay-per-view theme. Joe Gagné responding, uh, with those words on the elimination chamber. Um, Andy Green on Twitter says, uh, we got to this one actually, right? Do you think John Cena will yeah. win at money in the bank and have a third match with Owens? And do you think Joe will get involved at money in the bank? I don't think Samoa Joe's ever making WWE TV.
2: No, neither do I. I,
1: I don't
2: unless, think. Inle- inle- unless he signs the contract with them. And even then, I don't. I don't know if that's happening.
1: Samoa Joe, they've had plenty of chances to get Samoa Joe. They've had plenty of chances to put certain people on TV. Um, I
2: I said before, the only thing this Elimination Chamber was missing, because much like they say war games can't be ruined, they say Elimination Chamber can't be ruined. Ellie Gante.
1: That's all we needed was a run by Ellie (laughs) Gante. Mark on Twitter says, uh, Cena Owens didn't steal the show. It was the show. Hart, Austin, WrestleMania 13-like. Yeah, afterwards, it was the show but it had to steal the show because it did not own it going in. No, this match was not the reason people were. It was not the reason a hundred percent of the people were watching the show. We'll say,
2: no, it was the reason that, that those of us who keep up with NXT and who keep up with indie wrestling, were watching the show.
1: Right. And Kevin Owens winning the uh, WWE linear championship. If you don't know what that is, uh, I've retweeted the linear. You can go to at WWE linear on Twitter and get a link to the voices of wrestling page that that uh, is all talked about. But we get to the main event of the show, the world Mm -hmm. heavyweight title. A lot of people are tired of this authority stuff. Yes. Because it's been going on for a long time. It's almost a year ago when Sting got the authority kicked out of WWE only to return a month later. And we're almost to that anniversary of them actually getting kicked out. And at that point, people were tired of these guys. You know, it's getting beyond old, I think, when you have this storyline continuing to exist. And I think people are getting even more frustrated now in the fact that Seth Rollins doesn't win any matches cleanly. There's only so long you can go. Well, that's heat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's no, only it's so not. Lo- no, it's not. No, don't, don't, don't even.
1: Don't there's, even o- there's only yeah. so long you can go to when Seth Rollins, the same thing keeps happening, is you'll never buy a title challenger if you know, in this day of TV when you have week after week of two shows per week, like, of course this was happening in the 70s and 80s, right? But they were months and months apart, and now you have it every single week. Seth Rollins is somehow getting uh, a screwy way to walk out with his championship, and I'm fine with that for the most part. Well, here's the but difference. you're going to lose a majority of the audience.
2: Here's the difference: in 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 the '70s and '80s, that same champ would be winning squash matches or television main events cleanly to put himself over as a guy who doesn't necessarily need to cheat every time right. to to win. And and this is just—I mean, I don't. How does this help Seth after he loses the belt?
1: It really doesn't, but I, I don't know if they're worried about that because I don't know if they're worried about Seth Rollins being a big player.
2: No, until I maybe just, after
1: next WrestleMania season. Who was, it?
2: Who was it? I read it from someone. Oh, one of the guys from I think it's 411 Mania said that Seth Rollins is one of the most protected guys in the company. And I went, all right,
1: that's an opinion not a right one but th- it's an opinion i think he's that fake kind of protected that people yeah. see he's not losing and think that's actually protecting him when in yeah. true uh fashion you would be protecting a guy by making people care and think he's a world beater exactly like john Cena is a protected guy because he beats everyone Seth Rollins isn't protected when he just never wins at the same time never losing like there's a difference it's the miz push rusev was protected because he kept winning the whole time and he wouldn't get take these fluke losses Seth Rollins takes fluke losses. He lost to Dean Ambrose clean. The whole reason why Dean Ambrose is in this position is Uh because Seth Rollins lost clean to him. Right. On Raw. I'm looking right now to see when Seth Rollins' last win was, like in a one-on-one match. And he beat the Ryback uh, on SmackDown earlier in May. But, man, he's got a lot of losses coming here. WWE live event, May 2nd, he beat Roman Reigns. He actually pinned the guy. I find that hard to believe, actually. I don't without, think that actually with, happened.
2: Well, without chicanery?
1: I think that probably is a wrong. I th- it was probably some type of DQ and they just put pin in here. Right. Uh, SmackDown, he beat Dean Ambrose. Extreme Rules, he beat Randy Orton. But even on WWE live events, he's always losing via disqualification. Like he can't beat anyone. Right. This guy's got more losses than wins. He's the world champ, and he's got—and it's by a large margin.
2: So, Rob, in 2015, we get a dusty finish.
1: We got a dusty finish here. What do you think about that? I mean, I thought it's what you—I don't necessarily know if it's what you had to do, Mm -hmm. but if you're not going to put, it's something. Like it's a way to get people involved. Okay, you thought Seth Rollins finally lost. You were so close. It's like you're getting closer.
2: Well, it's, it's funny because of two things. Number one, this crowd never expected a title change, and when they got it, they erupted. They jumped, yep. Uh, number two, I, I I read something that I liked, and I didn't like the Dusty Fish until I read it, and I went, hmm, that's, that's an interesting point that he's making. And I can't give credit because I forgot who it was, but it's like, well, perhaps they did this to gauge a actual Dean Ambrose
1: title win and how
2: a crowd would respond to it.
1: No, because I think they always knew. Any title change gets a reaction. doesn't okay. matter who it is. Fair. So that, I mean, sorry for that, but that opinion's just no, wrong. No, no, no.
2: No, that's fine. No, there are plenty they're, of wrong opinions.
1: Engaging. Any, an any title change wins. What you would have to gauge is three weeks after that, how the crowd's responding and how merchandise is moving. Well, like it's not a one-night thing.
2: But you know what's funny about that is that the company never their own responsibility in that right. at times. I mean, we, what we were talking about half-hearted pushes and whatnot before, but it's like, okay, if you just give him the belt, that's not going to move merchandise without making him a legitimate champ. This, so. shouldn't,
1: this shouldn't surprise anyone anymore either because it's been like this for a while where you're going to get a match like this on every WWE special event now. You're going to get one match that's a DQ that's a bridge to the next show. This one just so happened to be the main event. Just so happened to be that main event tonight. Was the bridge to the next show. Because the next show again, by the way, two weeks. And they're doing the possession is nine-tenths of the law angle unless
2: it just all leads up to tomorrow
1: in the first segment and he has to give the belt back. He's going to be forced to give the belt back or else he won't get a rematch. It's going to be a barter situation. You and know, Ste- give Stephanie the belt will, back and we'll make a rematch. Yeah, Stephanie will emasculate him in some way. Can you do a ladder match for the title on Money in the Bank? like can you go and say hey you're going to have a money in the bank ladder match plus a regular ladder match. No, because
2: one will already one will kill
1: the other on the show. There's no way you can do that. Yeah. But you're you're most likely going to get that rematch on Money in the Bank cuz we're still bridging everything to SummerSlam like okay, here was Elimination Chamber, a special event that honestly, it wasn't on the schedule 3 weeks ago. So like this is like a bonus show. So let's not mm-hmm. too be too harsh on it. It was a bonus show, okay? You have this. You have Money in the Bank. What's the, what's the July pay-per-view? Is it Night of Champions? Battleground? It's Battleground, that's right. Battleground. Boom! You got Battleground in July. Okay. What tonight was, was a setup for Money in the Bank, which is a setup for Battleground, which is a setup for SummerSlam, because SummerSlam, honestly, is the next pay-per-view. That's the next actual big event where something will matter. Yes. I, I mean they've done things that have mattered at money in the bank. They do some things, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really just an advertisement for the next show. What is money in the bank an advertisement for? It's an advertisement for the actual title match that will happen somewhere down the line. It's an advertisement for your raw shows to see when someone might cash in. It's an yeah. advertisement for something else. Now Battleground has something going in favor of it, the fact that Brock Lesnar's gonna be on the show. Yes. I mean, that's a pretty big something. I mean, it's sold out the Sumo Hall. You're going to get Brock Lesnar, for those who are unaware, July 4th. July 5th, sorry. I think it's July 5th. One of those two days. All right. Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston is a <laughs> match that is going to happen at Sumo Hall. It is sold out Sumo Hall in Japan. Kofi Kingston will have done, as our good friend Dylan points out, something that Hiroshi Tanahashi on the non-G1 show hasn't done, and that's sellout Sumo Hall. Go Kofi Kingston.
2: Go Kofi. Let's give him the IWGP Intercontinental title. Why not?
1: Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar. So you got that for Battleground. Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar coming back. Um, What he does is a mystery to me. Like, Could this be a big show match? Type, like at Royal Rumble where yeah you got Brock on the show but it's not really a match that means anything you're just going to put him up against maybe Mark Henry like get Brock an easy win
2: can I, can, okay oh never mind I, I thought you I thought you were saying that the Sumo Hall show is battleground I'm like
1: no that's no, not no Sumo Hall is a house show in Japan okay it's a big it's a big house show I mean he got it, Brock Lesnar on the show yeah it's just to let the people see him get a strong win it's fine Get a strong win against Kofi. Won't even be the main event. Probably be a nope. pre-intermission match. You know, five minutes against Kofi. Uh-huh. And that's why Kofi's the opponent. Because it's not going to be don't... a 20-minute classic. It's going to be a quick match where Brock's not even going to break a sweat. And they will be done.
2: Oh, no. I think Brock kills all three of the New Day.
1: Probably kills all three of the New Day. Kills them all. But that was uh, that was Elimination Chamber. I want to say it was a fun show. But really, it was a fun match. Surrounded by other stuff. I really love the Kofi. Or the... Uh, Kevin Owens and John Cena match. I liked it a lot. I did too. I'm excited to see the next one just because the match quality was great. And now you're intrigued about the finish. You're intrigued about who will win. Will Kevin Owens make it two in a row? Will John Cena get his win back? Will Kevin Owens, will something you know mysterious happen? Will someone interfere? Could Samoa Joe show up on TV? Could Sami Zayn make a run in? You got a lot of options there. You got a lot of options. The question now to me is... If you put Dean Ambrose and Money in the Bank, maybe you don't have a Seth Rollins match. Maybe there's a Seth Rollins non-title match, like Seth Rollins and Kane against Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, something like that. Is it possible that Kevin Owens and John Cena could be the main event of Money in the Bank? No. Because
2: it'll... No. Because it's a U.S. title match, so they're never going to make that the main event. It's John Cena, though. Yeah, but you're still going to want to put your champ, even if it's in a tag match. It's John Cena, though. <sighs> I I can see them doing it. Say I just it. Say there's a chance. There's a slight chance.
1: Shake Them Ropes will return Tuesday, June 2nd, discussing the fallout from WWE Elimination Chamber on Monday's Raw. We'll dive into some of the NXT TV storylines as we continue to progress towards the eventual Samoa Joe versus Kevin Owens match. If you're following along with our top 100 matches to see on WWE Network countdown, we are going to review Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho from WrestleMania 19. It's match number 76 from 2003 at WrestleMania 19. It'll be Tuesday on Shake Them Ropes. Catch Shake Them Ropes on iTunes, Stitcher, RSS, Downcast, Android, YouTube, Windows Phone. Tune in and more. We have links to subscribe at VoicesOfWrestling.com/str. Our YouTube channel includes Shake Them Ropes TV, our weekly videos that you can watch online or on Apple TV, Roku, and other over-the-top boxes. I hope you'll support Shake Them Ropes by subscribing to the channel, liking and sharing the videos, and we appreciate your support, and we'll see you Tuesday on Shake Them Ropes.
0: Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old same old, or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk turkey sub at Firehouse Subs?